variety of shortages causing major disruptions are having rippling effects that seem to grow more consequential every day. But the one shortage that is most concerning to us is human energy. Every employee is under constant pressure to perform as we are being asked to do more with less, to be more productive, effective, and to reach greater levels of profitability. Languishing, the great resignation, the great reevaluation, quiet quitting. How many more movements do we need to recognize workforces are struggling to get back to normal? In today's episode, we're tackling one of the biggest tasks facing leaders today, renewing energy. Welcome to the 90th Percentile, an unconventional leadership podcast by Zenger Folkman. Each week, using research from over 1.5 million global assessments of leaders, we analyze different leadership traits, trends, and what it really takes for leaders to get to the 90th Percentile. I'm Brianna Corin, and joining me today is renowned psychometrician and my father, Joe Folkman. Hi, Bri. Well, Joe, I would ask you what your secret is to working nonstop for 50 years, but I think I already, I already know it. Really? Yes. It's a little beverage. It's not coffee. <laughs> it's called Diet Coke. Oh. Apparently, you can drink it in the morning, the evening, but not after 5 o'clock. <laughs> oh, you just held it up. <laughs> <laughs> that is the secret. <laughs> that is the secret. <laughs> I thought you were cutting back. <laughs> So um, aside from Diet Coke, because it isn't the answer to everything, we know that it's probably not the most sustainable energy strategy. So this topic about energy has been on everyone's mind this year as people have been battling exhaustion and burnout and all these different things going on in the world. Kathleen Hogan, who is the chief people officer at Microsoft, wrote this amazing article. I think I quoted it on another podcast, but it was really good. I'll link it to this one too, but here's what she said. She said, quote, the human energy crisis calls for a new kind of workplace sustainability that's an imperative for every organization. Leaders, the task ahead of us is about regenerating energy for our employees at work and ensuring that it's renewable and sustainable. So at Microsoft, I found this fascinating. In her article, she talked about how they measure their manager's ability to generate energy. That's like one of the things they look at. And I think a lot about how I can manage my own energy, but this idea of taking on the responsibility of energizing others can be a really big task. So you set out to kind of look at our database, see what we had in there about studying leaders who were really good at this ability to generate energy and to learn a little bit about them. We do have a measure of uh, energy from the direct reports. And to study this, we, we looked at these energizing capabilities and we analyzed data from direct reports of 73,503 leaders. I really don't think that was enough. You well, know, yeah. <laughs> I think you're very neat. Why couldn't you get a few more? <laughs> I don't know. But on average, five direct reports assess their manager on 60 behaviors. That, In addition to the 60 behaviors, each direct report was asked to indicate the extent to which they agreed with the following statement. My work environment is a place where people want to go the extra mile, right? So six capabilities emerge from this factor analysis 
that the leader can leverage to produce more energy. The first capability, and uh, this may not surprise anyone. <laughs> no, we talk about it so much, but we hey, do. you know, we, we got to keep talking. Well, it's, it ends up being the uh, number 19 uh, behavior in effectiveness and the number one in terms of importance, right? Yeah. It is, <laughs> drum roll, drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> inspires and motivates others. When we study organization during times of hardship, we ask which leadership capability is more important now and which one has greater impact? The answer we received most frequently was the ability of a leader to inspire and motivate others and produce high energy and enthusiasm and inspiration in others. This is the ability to energize and inspire. It's relatively easy to identify in others, and still most leaders are at a loss of what they can do to develop this attribute within themselves. When it comes to igniting energy, the number one way is to help others discover what opportunities exist for their growth. Knowing which skills and capabilities direct reports want to develop puts leaders in a position to help them learn new skills by selecting the right job assignment. So if you want to inspire, one way to do that is to give people opportunities to develop new skills. Think of somebody in your life who's been a coach or a mentor, somebody who's supported your development. You always really feel good about that person. We're in a society that focuses a lot of our energy inward. But by looking outward and helping others develop, that will clearly energize and motivate them. I agree. And I totally see where the energy comes from in that. Because if if you get this new opportunity, when something is new, it's automatically more interesting. It's a problem you haven't figured out yet. You Maybe it is your passion area that you know people have kind of put aside. Recently, Brene Brown did a podcast with Adam and Simon, and they were chatting the things going on in the workplace today. But she was sharing this experience with a Navy SEAL. She asked, what do all these Navy SEALs, what do they have in common? He said that being a Navy SEAL is not about being the strongest or the fastest, but rather when they're physically exhausted, somehow, some way, they're able to dig down deep inside themselves and find the energy to help the person next to them. That that is the quality that really stands out is, is their ability to look outward like you were talking about. So they understand the importance of the team. Well, I mean, for them, it's life and death. But, you know, if the members of your team that you work with every day feel like work is becoming a day prison in a way for them, that, that's a form of death too, right? So if you can help others develop skills where they have passion, it brings them more purpose in their life, that can totally be a part of the solution for driving up energy. So what is the next energy-driving behavior? Well, it's this funny thing, and it's getting others to embrace stretch goals. Helping a team identify and embrace a challenging goal and finding a way to achieve it breathes confidence and hope into everyone involved. But it's sort of funny because... It, it is because 
especially right now because people are like, I, I'm quietly quitting. Don't give me more things. Don't give me harder things. I will not <laughs> work more. Yeah. Yeah, if you say, what do you want to do right now? Well, think about, gosh, what's, what's your dream? And they say, oh, it's a beach, an umbrella, <laughs> a nice drink, <laughs> right? Yeah, three-day work. Yeah, that, that is it, less. But what's fascinating about stretch goals is if you ask people to think about a time in an experience at work that they're so memorable, they really felt like uh, had an impact in their life. They don't think about the time when they had nothing to do. They think about the time when they were killed with a stretch goal where they were, you know, it was, uh, you know, almost, they didn't know how they would do it, but they dug in and they, they somehow, they made something happen. They did something that was amazing. And if you say to them, well, what was your engagement like when you did this? And they said, it was sky high. What was your life satisfaction? Well, I, I felt like I could do something. I felt like I could make a difference in the world. I mean, if people go to work and they do a work a monkey could do, that, <laughs> that doesn't, <laughs> not, that doesn't not inspiring. But if they go to work and they, and they make a difference, if they have an impact, they feel important. And so if you can get your folks as a leader to embrace a stretch goal, to make a difference, to, and, you know, make a difference that, that really helps others that can change the world. That is a way to embrace energy and people are energized when they make a difference. Yeah. So the third thing that you found that helps boost energy is for leaders to help others understand the vision and direction. And just like you were talking about this idea of purpose, that people need, they need purpose. If you're doing the, you can't do the monkey work. <laughs> it's not that inspiring. So people need to understand the destination to make their work meaningful. And that's why helping them to understand that vision is so critical. So Microsoft, they do a work trend index data, and it shows that workers around the world have this new worth it equation, that they're more likely to prioritize their health and well-being over work than ever before. And they're taking action on this. And the number one reason cited for leaving their jobs last year was for personal well-being or mental health reasons. So the most energizing leaders, they repeat and reinforce where the organization needs to go, why the work is critical, what this purpose is. And that, to me, that's the worth it equation, right? It, people need to feel like their work, the sacrifices they make are worth it, that they believe in what they're doing. The number four area is interesting because it's that people continuously communicate. <laughs> you remember when we went on some of those long trips, Bree? So, so many drives to California. <laughs> remember? And Yellowstone. <laughs> the, the famous phrase. Are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> right. Oh, really? uh, and there's five kids. There's five kids, so there's a lot of it. <laughs> are we there yet? <laughs> are we there yet? Uh, 
you know, often long journeys require progress reports and everyone needs to understand where they currently are and what needs to, what needs to come next and where they are in the journey. And people imagine that everybody knows, uh, they, they imagine that everybody's clear, but it, it's really not the reality. You know, it ends up being the easiest skill to develop. And yet it's one that people aren't very good at. Mm -hmm. Isn't it wonderful to be with a leader who kind of always keeps you on track of here's where we are, here's where we're going to go, here's what we're going to do next. And they remind you about those things. And we all need to be reminded. Yeah. And I, I especially think not just where your team is, but like how your team is affecting the organization. Like I always like to hear like, oh, what we did actually helped. <laughs> like, <laughs> this this came as a result of this. I like those. Yeah. They, they energize you. You're like, oh, it's not all meaningless. This is good. Oh, yeah. It really helps a lot. The fifth area is collaboration and cooperation. Too often in organizations, uh, people fall into, let's be competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, and these people are out to get me, so I'm going to get them first. Leaders set the tone and they create conditions for teamwork to flourish or fail. Research shows that teams with close connections are happier and more productive with less burnout, meaning they have more energy instead of pulling separate loads they found ways to yoke themselves together and work together as a team. Having cooperation in a team makes a big difference. So I have an interesting example of this with a friend of mine from college. He um, is a founder and a CEO of a startup, and he posted on LinkedIn this week about his struggle with remote work. He misses the energy, the camaraderie, the ease of collaboration he misses the casual taco truck conversations that he had, you know, at lunch. But his team wants to be fully remote. He said, to become a parent, the way my team works best isn't the way. So why the hate? He said he didn't really know himself. But what he came down to, what it came down to was, he said that the way my team works best isn't about what's best for me. Even though for him, he, he gets more energy from being around everybody else, his team loves working fully remote. And just because you as a leader are at your best in person, it doesn't mean that your team is. And I thought this was a really brave move for him to recognize, you know, what was best for his team. The best way for them to collaborate and work together was to keep it remote, even though it was harder on him as a leader. And there's going to be a lot of give and take as teams, you know, try to discover what's best for them. But I think it's healthy that it's not just dictated by what the CEO wants. But yeah, I thought that was a great example of someone who really prioritized the collaboration of his team. Well, and we're living in a time where we've seen the most significant change in a work environment in the history of the world. Yeah. Right. Where we've gone from really working in offices to working remotely. The data is amazing. Productivity seems to be higher for most people. Mm -hmm. uh, engagement up 
for at least in our measures of engagement, mm -hmm. discretionary off effort up. I just did a study where we looked at leaders who worked remote versus work leaders who worked in the office and the direct reports rated the leaders who worked remotely significantly more positively <laughs> than the leaders rated the, than the direct reports rated leaders who worked in the office. Oh, the distance helped. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, distance makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> so it's an interesting time and boy, we can all learn from this experience. Number six issue is an issue that's close to my heart. It's building trust. Mm. Trust is a small behavior with a huge impact. When team members question your motives or feel they're being abused, energy evaporates. Our research shows that increasing trust magnifies every other leadership competency. We also discovered that without trust, everything slows down. Trust reduces friction in the organization. To test this, we looked at the six energizing behaviors and analyzed data from 76,421 global leaders. Our data showed that leaders' effectiveness on the six behaviors have a dramatic impact on the percentage of direct reports who were quietly quitting or willing to go the extra mile and give extra effort. The leaders at the bottom 10% on the six behaviors had only 14% of their direct reports willing to give extra effort, while those in the top 10% had 69% of their direct reports willing to give extra effort. Wow, what a difference. So doing just a few of these behaviors, there's only six, these, these things can substantially increase your ability to energize others as a leader. We need to manage our own energy, but like we talked about at the beginning, looking outward instead of always inward has a really big effect. And I think that it energizes you too, that when you serve others, when you give to others and you see how it helps them, how it affects them, it does something to you. So I love that these behaviors are focused outward on how you can help others, how you can boost their energy. If you see someone at your work, I don't even think you need, even need to be a their boss. You can have a positive effect on giving them some energy. So think about these six. Choose a couple you can do this week, and we're confident that you'll notice an increase in energy and engagement in your team. And one last thought, Bree. Mm -hmm. Energy is contagious. Ah, yes. It is. And, and so if you bring low energy to work, <laughs> it spreads. I mean, it's as contagious as COVID. Yeah. So bring your energy to work with you, bring your enthusiasm, bring your joy, bring your happiness, bring your trust. Those things all spread. So good luck. The 90th Percentile and Unconventional Leadership Podcast was written and recorded by Brianna Corin, Jack Zanger, and Joe Folkman, and produced by Zanger Folkman. If you're interested in learning more about Zanger Folkman's award-winning 360-degree assessments, leadership, and coaching offerings, or would like to attend our monthly leadership webinar series hosted by Jack and Joe, visit our website at zangerfolkman.com. 
If you like our podcast, tell your friends and coworkers about it. And be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, and leave us a great review. We really like to read them. All resources and links to the research referenced in this episode can be found in our episode details or on our podcast page on zangerfolkman.com.